Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. This is a story of two miracles Jesus does. He raises Jairus' daughter and he heals a woman who has had a discharge of blood for 12 years. This text is paralleled in Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26. You really might want to go check that out because one of the things we're going to talk about today is a key difference between Mark's account and Matthew's account, which many skeptics have labeled a contradiction in scripture which renders it unreliable and erroneous. If you want to go back to Matthew and hear that episode, it's number 494. Again, Matthew 9, 18 through 26. This is kind of a long chunk of scripture. I'm going to read through the whole thing, make a couple comments, and then land on that alleged contradiction at the end. And when Jesus had crossed again in a boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all she had and was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed from her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see this crowd pressing against you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Verse 35. While he was still speaking, verse 35. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And Jesus allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. You remember we talked about how among the twelve disciples there were three who were especially close to Jesus, who he gave special access to from time to time. This is one of those moments when those three get access to a circumstance that the others did not. Verse 38. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in to where the child was. Now when Jesus says that the child is sleeping, he's not saying that the child is not dead. The child is in fact dead. But the child's deadness is as sleep to Jesus. It is as sleep from God's perspective because in just a moment this child will be resurrected. There's no question though that the child is dead and that Jesus knows that the child is dead. The people wouldn't be weeping and wailing the way they were. The other gospel accounts confirm that this child is dead and the people scoff at Jesus when he suggests that the child is only sleeping as if to indicate that they think maybe he can't accept the fact that the child is dead or something like that. At any rate, verse 41. So you've got the child's parents, Jesus, and the three disciples with them and the child. Taking 
her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was twelve years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and told them to give her something to eat. So, the contradiction. If you go back to Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26, you'll notice a couple things right away. First of all, Matthew's account of this same couple's circumstances is much, much shorter. Just eight or nine verses compared to 20-some in Mark. And as we've said before, 90% of the book of Mark is in the book of Matthew. Matthew used Mark as a source when he was writing his gospel, for sure. And so this portion of Matthew is an abbreviated version of Mark's longer version of this episode. It starts off in chapter 9, verse 18, saying that a ruler came before him and said, my daughter has just died. Like I said at the beginning of Mark, it says that the ruler came to him and said, my little daughter is at the point of death. So there have been some textual critics, some scholars, some skeptics who have said, okay, Bible, if you're inspired by God and if you're inerrant and if you have no contradictions, then which one was it? Was Jairus's daughter dead or was she at the point of death, not yet dead? There's a guy named Bart Ehrman who is a well-known skeptic and textual critic who claims to have formerly been a Christian but now has left the faith. And this is one of his number one arguments for contradictions in the Bible. He leads debates with this as an example for why the New Testament can't be trusted. I've watched his videos. I've watched responses to those videos. And actually, this is a pretty weak argument. This isn't a contradiction at all. Matthew is condensing the story into a more concise format. And the way that Matthew tells the story isn't to get the exact two or three step progression correct, but to make it clear that Jairus's daughter had died and Jesus went and raised her. The textual critics and skeptics will say that people who believe the Bible is inerrant and overlook supposed contradictions like these are leaving their brains at the door and overlooking obvious errors just so they can keep their faith intact. As one who has a pretty cerebral faith myself, I've asked a lot of questions, I've had a lot of doubts over the years that have been answered and answered and answered again by the clear evidence and the reliability of the biblical record. I encourage you not to leave your brain at the door when you come to scripture. Engage it. Use logic. Ask hard questions. But at the end of the day, be humble enough to acknowledge that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, people smarter than us have leveled these same accusations and questions at scripture and still it stands the test of time. Oftentimes, in the same way that the skeptics accuse us of being tunnel vision around faith, unwilling to look at the facts and evidence, many of them come to the discussion with a preconceived notion that there can be no faith. Many of them come to the discussion with the preconceived notion that there can be no allowance for faith. The scriptures can't be true. There is no God. There is no space for the supernatural. And if we just use our brains, we can figure it all out. What's especially scary is that a lot of these guys have infiltrated our seminaries and our Christian institutions, like the one I quit after being there for just a year because they didn't handle the scriptures very well, and that was back in 1999. So yes, ask questions, listen to the critics, but listen to the great biblical apologists who offer responses to those criticisms, and above all, hang on to your faith in Jesus Christ, which is our only hope. Have a good day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which has aired on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives. 
the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.